Welcome, everybody, to this episode of the Sod Fathers Sodcast, the the Meet Your Herdmates Sodcast. I'm ashamed that I didn't think of that sooner. Hat tip to Andrew. Uh, I am Don Pedro, a.k.a. the Sod Father, and I am very pleased to be joined today by Yogi Parker, all the way from Connecticut. Let's give it up for Yogi. Yay! How you doing, Yogi? I am doing fantastic, Peter, and, and thank you for having me on the show. And Technology is amazing when it works. Yes, it is, and it's something else when it doesn't. So far, so good. Um, so who is Yogi, and how did he get to sitting in that comfy-looking chair right now? Well, uh, I am a former lot of things. Uh, I've kind of bounced around a lot of different stuff in my life, but most recently before I was sitting in this comfy chair, I was an OTR trucker and I was an OTR over trucker. Over the road? Yes. Over the road trucker for about seven years, long, long haul. Um, I've also done a number of other things from sports to pro wrestling, bouncing, working nonprofits uh, for at-risk youth and impoverished areas in the U.S. and around the world. So I've had kind of a diverse background. And uh, I'm also a former extremely fat guy. Extremely fat. Okay, let's define that. Uh, at my highest weight, I was that I have actually mentally recorded and actually weighed. I may have gotten bigger. I was 618 pounds. 618 pounds on how tall a frame? I'm a six foot six. Okay. And you are now? I am now 279. And from a size 68 waist down to a 38. Wow. So you are less than half the man you used to be. I, I am, yes. And I've, I've misplaced a lot of me. <laughs> well, here's hoping you don't find it. So how long did that take? It, you know, it's, it's been a spit and sputtering process for uh, about four and a half years. So but that's remarkable four and a half years. Yeah. I, my initial journey, I, I actually dropped a lot of weight really fast and then was just eking along for uh, a couple of years and dropping a little bit of weight, dropping a little bit of weight, gaining a little bit of weight. And then just recently uh, went from about 360 to 279. Wow. Okay. So maybe we better rewind a little bit. Um, were you this heavy, that heavy when you were driving? I actually became this heavy driving. Um, I, I started gaining, I've, I've struggled with weight my whole life. And when I was in high school, there was, there was a point when I graduated, I was almost 600 pounds. From and high school? From high school. And then I lost when I after high school, I ended up accidentally living in the Philippines for a couple of years and um, lost a lot of weight, got down to about 290. And with the frame that I had back then at 290, I almost had a six pack. You can see the muscle 
meet the skin. And uh, because I had spent most of my life powerlifting and, and I had a lot of bulk muscle to carry. Um, and then I, uh, I gained some weight back when I came back to the U.S. and kind of hovered around the 360 mark for a long time. Got up to the 400s when uh, just before I started doing the pro wrestling. Then I got into a major car accident. Couldn't work out for a long time. Tried a lot of things. Really tried to work hard on controlling my diet. And even went vegetarian for a while. And when I started driving the truck, my weight really skyrocketed doing primarily a vegetarian diet and i became a 618 pound vegetarian mm. Mm. wow okay so <laughs> so um that's got to be i mean truck cabs aren't that roomy um it's a climb up and down um that had to be a hardship all on its own, but what other kinds of problems could come in that profession from that condition? Well, trucking's probably one of the most unhealthy industries on the planet. And, you know, they talk about shift work when you're working all kinds of nighttime schedules and things like that, messing up your circadian rhythm, creating stress, leading to heart disease, insulin resist or in insulin problems, diabetes, things like that. We don't have a sleeping pattern. We're up one night asleep during the day. And then a couple nights later, we're awake during the day and sleeping at night. So there's a lot of stress from inconsistent sleeping patterns. We're exposed to a, a lot of toxic materials through diesel fumes, gas fumes, the just the stuff at the pump, the chemicals that we got to come in contact with, and, and sometimes the things that we haul. Uh, we're on the road sitting position pretty much 11 hours a day, and a lot of guys will actually drive almost that full 11 hours with barely getting up ever um, so they're, they're sitting majority of their day. And from a lot of research, we know that's like the new cigarette smoking that is extremely detrimental to your health. Uh, the stress of dealing with, it's a stressful work environment for most people. You're, you're in an industry that preaches that they respect the drivers, but often doesn't practice that they respect the drivers for their timing, the ability to make money, things like that. We're on regulated uh, amount of time federally that we're allowed to work. And there's a lot of times that companies do not respect that. And so when we're trying to pay bills and things like that, everybody struggles with money. But when we're trying to pay bills and people cut into our drive time because we spend hours being loaded or offloaded or they screw up overload us we have to go get reworked so that puts a lot of emotional stress on you when you're trying to pay your bills uh, and then the food you have access to is generally horrible a lot of guys eat out of c stores and the even the classic mom and pop truck stop diners have gone the way of the dinosaur and so we're left to a lot of commercial commercially processed food, seed oils, things like that, that are just really not healthy for you. Um, what happens if um, someone holding a commercial driver's license 
uh, develops type two diabetes and, and progresses past insulin resistance or metabolic syndrome to, to diabetes? Well, the DOT has gotten very restrictive with people's health conditions. And you have to go for a physical within a certain amount of time. And that can vary based on what your last physical was. So generally, if they check you out and everything seems okay, every two years, you got to go into a physical. But some of the guys I was driving with, because their, their test markers on their cholesterol, their diabetes, their sugar handling, whatever medical condition that they had created limits. Some guys had to go back and get tested, uh, DOT, physical, once every year. One of the guys I knew had to go every three months. Because what they're worried about is you getting into an accident because of your medical condition. There was a case in Florida where a guy after a DOT physical, and they said everything's fine, ended up going into a diabetic coma while he was driving and plowed into a bunch of people. Hmm. There's a, one of the things that the DOT is focusing on right now because of obesity is sleep apnea. And people not getting proper sleep. And so they're forcing drivers to get sleep studies, especially if you're over a certain size. And they will not authorize your license until you go get the sleep study. And then you have to get hooked up with the apnea breathing machine at night, the sleep apnea machine, which means you need an inverter, which means you need to run your truck and idle your truck, which cuts into your fuel bill, which cuts into your pay. And then you got to go back into, and every time you go to these physicals, you're taking a day off where you could be making money and you're not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And wow. Yep. Pocket. I'm sorry. Could you say that again, please? These sleep studies do come out of your pocket. Your most of the time, your company does not pay for them, mm. and deep. Okay, so let's get back to Yogi's journey from where he was to where he is. What was you? I understand the fits and starts, little by little, but overall, what was it that got you started on what you think was the most effective strategy that you used for this, I could only call it a transformation? Well, <laughs> I actually initially started eating the uh, carbohydrate restrictive diet um, because I was concerned about brain health. So I was eating a high fat carbohydrate carbohydrate restrictive diet, uh, otherwise known as keto. And I actually didn't think I was going to lose weight doing it. I really didn't believe it. I didn't believe in the hype. I, I, I was resigned to being the massively big guy. Uh, I carried my weight fairly decently. People were often shocked about my weight when they actually found out how much I weighed. And uh, I, I was, that was my identity for a long time. I was the big guy. And when I went to keto, it was actually because I was experiencing symptoms associated with uh, CTE, which is um, uh, chronic traumatic encephalitis or chronic, I forgot the acronym for it, but it's a condition that comes when you have received a lot of, or even just one concussion in your life, it can mm. cause it, but it's prone to athletes. And it's prone to survivors of domestic violence who have been hit a lot. Um, 
And I had been hit in the head a lot. And I started experiencing uncontrollable emotions, a lot of depressions, bad thoughts, fatigue, not being able to hold a thought in my head, short-term memory loss. And I heard this bald-headed dude on the radio named Kevin Rutherford. He hosts a show called Let's Truck, and he started getting into health. And he started a show called Destination Health. And he started talking about keto. Again, I thought it was, I, I just thought, oh, yeah, this guy, keto, yeah, you can't eat fat and lose weight. But then they started talking about keto for brain health, and my ears perked up because I had been looking into CTE because one of my mentors at that time had committed suicide because of it. And I, I, when I started looking at CTE because of what they were doing, I, I started clicking a lot of boxes and, on the symptoms. And I was like, man, and you can't be diagnosed with CTE until you die. They have to, to dissect your brain. So, but I knew I was having a lot of related symptoms so I switched my diet for brain health and I ate extremely high fat, like 90% of my calories came from fat. What and, were you eating? Oh, I was doing the uh, Fatty Joe Bulletproof style coffees and bone broth, and, like a lot um, with like half a stick of butter <laughs> in each one and big scoops of coconut oil because they told me fat was healthy for my brain. Um <laughs> So I kind of went overboard and I was dropping, I was dropping, I was, I had my uh, restaurant contraband bag that I, um, because restaurants don't allow out, outside food, but I didn't trust the food inside the restaurant to give me the right oils and things that I needed for my brain. So I had like my salad dressings and things from like, you know, primal kitchens. And I had my Kerrygold butter in there and my Redmond's real salt and all these different things in my little bag. And that was my, my restaurant contraband bag that I'd bring into the restaurant and use in, instead of their stuff. So I'd order a steak and drop half a stick of butter on the thing. And uh, <laughs> so I was eating extremely high fat. Uh, and at one point was very low carb, uh, almost zero carb. And it was something I had to transition into as well. I started more of a paleo end and transitioned into to the uh, for because my digestion couldn't handle the high fat initially. And uh, I uh, started losing weight and I, I found out I was 618 pounds when I walked across a truck scale at a terminal and some guy yelled at behind me goes, damn. And I looked at the light and went, oh. That's wow. a lot. And I looked around to see if anything else was on the scale and there wasn't. <laughs> so uh, I, uh, yeah. And so I started, uh, I started realizing my pants didn't fit. My shirts got baggier because at, at the time I was wearing 10 X shirts and I, uh, I was wearing size 68 pants and um, I, I, was realizing that these things were getting very loose. Uh, they were outgrowing me for some reason. Yeah, strange. Yeah. So I went into a truck stop bathroom where they have those little quarter, put your quarter in scales. And uh, this was uh, probably almost a year after starting keto. 
before I weighed myself again. And I had lost over a hundred pounds. I, I was down to, uh, I believe I was down to like almost 500 pounds flat. And I went, huh? Okay. Maybe this wasn't fake, but your maybe brain, but your brain health, if you will, improved quickly. So that was your initial entry into it. And then well, there were some other factors too, but I noticed that one, I didn't have to pull over and take naps all the time. Like I previously did my memory. I, there was a point where I felt like my I brain was underwater and I was a, I was a diver before I know what it's like to go underwater and be at atmosphere and be at pressure. My head felt like that just while I was driving the truck. And, and it literally felt like there was water there and, and, uh, and it made it very hard to think, very hard to focus those within a, a few weeks of going real keto with that high fat, those symptoms really started mitigating. I, I didn't have to take naps all the time. I noticed that I didn't have to eat all the time. Like truckers are notorious. One of the things that truckers do all the time is like, you'll see drivers, they have their like, uh, uh, snack like storage thing right next to them and they're constantly eating as they're driving and often not the best things i'm talking like little debbies and uh mountain dews and things like that a ton of energy drinks to to stay focused but they're just constantly eating and a lot of it's because you're eating this high carb diet that's triggering an insulin response triggering a a a ghrelin suppression and or leptin suppression and ghrelin uh uh, uptick, which ghrelin uh, is your hunger hormone, and it's making you hangry like all the time. I, and I felt that way when I was doing the vegetarian thing. I was hungry all the time. So uh, there's been more than one fat uh, all you can eat restaurant that has banned me. Uh, <laughs> Brazilian steakhouses? No, no. I'm talking like Chinese places and oh. things like that high carb places oh i'd go to town uh there's a pizza place that had like these giant new york pizzas where each slice is probably close to four foot you know and and they had a contest at one of them and this is when i was in high school that if you could eat the entire pizza by yourself you got a free pizza plus a free dessert uh or a coupon for a free pizza plus a free dessert and the pizza you just ate was free uh, after a week, I had a stack of coupons and the guy's like, dude, you're done. <laughs> no, <laughs> this is it. You... Oh. Okay. So, so other than hearing this man on the radio, what sort of information did you have to help you get started? Well, there's an awesome free amount of information on podcasts. And I got really into listening to podcasts while I was on the, the road. Uh, initially, it was for the other radio shows, but I found out there was keto podcasts. And I started listening to get those information that was presented on those shows. And then I, I started hearing them reference books by people like Gary Taubes and, and uh, Nina Teichels and... I just started getting them. One of the first keto books I got was Jimmy Moore's Keto Clarity. 
And that was kind of my gateway drug. And then I just started diving into it. And so it was either podcasts or audio books while I was driving. And I've come to the conclusion that if you're a truck driver, there is no reason you can't be one of the most educated people on the planet with these resources now, because all you've got is time and you can be listening to audio books and podcasts as you drive and get, and I didn't just listen to keto stuff, but uh, you know, I had a wide variety of interests. So, but the keto stuff, I really list took, took note of when I was driving and that was the predominant amount of, of my information. And then I got uh, turned on to the nutritional therapy practitioner program. Uh, I haven't been able to attend yet. It's something I hope to do, but I got their reading list and I just started buying the books off of it. And mm -hmm. that's, I got a lot of the books, whatever I could off of audio so I can listen to when I was driving down the road and then everything else, I, you know, when I went for my home time, part of my care packages was like four or five new books that I'd bring with me on my truck. So, so that's, that's this next, um, uh, next occupation on your, your very diverse, um, resume is, is nutritional practitioner. Is that what you said? And, and keto coach, is that right? Nutritional therapy practitioner, and I'm also looking at the primal health coach program. Uh, I'm, I do want to continue and do like a keto program as well, but those are the first two that I'm looking at because um, keto really seems to be a panacea for a lot of things, but it's because it's, it's an altered lifestyle. Your previous lifestyle has been altering your health in a very mm -hmm. bad way. And so when you go keto, you're cutting out a lot of the foods that have been hurting you for a long time. But um, I do have an understanding too that uh, it's not, may not be a panacea for everybody's problems. And I want to understand a more diverse uh, systems of different people because there's, the more I've read, the more I've come to find that, the, you know, there's, there's genetic conditions where people can't process fats and store it in their body very well. And they do have to rely on carbohydrates in order to survive. They're the guy that created the uh, supplement you can, he created it because his son has that condition. And before he created you can, which is a, a, a soup, what's called a super starch, um, he, they had to wake his son up every few hours to feed him because his son could not store fat. And, and, uh, so there, there's more above the sun, but most people's conditions are caused by what seems to be carbohydrate, uh, ODing overdose. Mm -hmm. So, um, You've gotten to see a lot of the country and I've gotten to see some of the same country only driving much smaller vehicles. And I can, um, you know, not to be disparaging, but walking into some of these uh, stops along the highway where you're assaulted by the smell of, you know, cinnamon buns, um, you know, before you could ever get to the counter where they make sandwiches, but ask for one as a salad instead of a sandwich, right? You know, right. there, there, there are things that you can do, you can get from some of these places that will work, but you've got to be able to walk past the, you know, the mountain of sports drinks and, uh, like I said, the, the overpowering 
smell of cinnamon buns and the the candy counter and all the other stuff that's right there so do you have sort of if if push comes to shove do you have an emergency sort of go-to road food hmm. yeah i actually have a few uh i actually kept an emergency kit in my truck okay and so um in my actual emergency kit i kept uh, keto chow along with uh freeze-dried heavy cream freeze-dried butter um canned red feather new zealand butter and some canned like keystone meats oh there there you go and uh actually had some bega cheese in a can underneath my bunk as well as a lot of canned seafoods uh mm -hmm. as as best seafoods as i could get and oftentimes i would order a massive amount of products online to be waiting for me when i went home to restock my truck uh, another one that I found too while I was on the road was two backpacker meal uh, companies that either have specialized in keto or have keto friendly meals. And I'm very used to eating backpacker meals because that was one of my hobbies is I loved to go camping and backpacking and stuff. So I would have those in my bunk. One of them is Next Mile Meals and the other one is Wild Zora. So I had those. And Wild Zora is, they are more of a paleo thing, but they do have meals that are acceptable on a keto diet because they do avoid grains and things like that. And Next Mile Meals is straight up keto. So I had those under my bunk and I also kept a lot of food on my truck because I also like to cook. And so I cooked on my truck even before I went keto. Um, and I had in my truck, I had a built-in fridge. I had an inverter so I could, I could run power. And I had bought an extra dorm fridge and threw it up on the top bunk and turned the temperature all the way down and turned it into a freezer and was able to store some extra meat in there. Excellent. So, yeah. So I cooked a lot in my truck using the lunchbox ovens, instant pots, Ninja Foodies, crock pots, and electric skillets and camp stoves. So that was my, my stuff that I went through. Um, but when I was eating out, which you do because of time constraints, too tired to cook, things like that, you, you had to eat wherever you stopped. And so you had to find what was available there. And, and almost every place I stopped at, you could find something. It may have not been the best option of grass-fed, massaged, beer-drunk, uh, cattle um, but there was something that you could get that that was more nutritious and and less damaging than other products that are loaded with carbs so in many of these places they don't serve breakfast just in the morning you could get it 20 so you could get eggs and some meat with that and cheese if that fits your diet you can get that sort of thing just no hash browns you know, skip the fruit, no juice, and you're good, basically. My breakfast of choice, if there was a diner available, was steak, eggs, extra bacon. So I'd get a regular bacon and an extra bacon. And 
if I was feeling froggy, I might get some uh, sautéed or steamed broccoli. Hmm. Froggy. <laughs> what? Just you know, if if I if I felt uh, if I felt that uh, I could take down, I needed a little bit more uh, room filled up in my stomach. Ah, okay. Um, outstanding. So as I said before we started, uh, if the schedule holds, um, this will release, this episode will release on Thanksgiving. So gratitude, Thanksgiving, our attitude as we live life um, is a critical part of wellness, is a critical part of health. Um, so a couple things I'd like to touch on with you. One is that aspect of gratitude. Um, and then the other is, um, you know, if anybody were to start a new way of eating the week of Thanksgiving and then go home and be faced with everything that traditionally was served, it might not be the best timing, but you can always sort of start again, right? Fall down twice, get up three times, right? Kind of. Um, so any thoughts along the lines for those two broad sort of topics? I love gratitude. You, your mindset actually affects your physiology. And they found that people who are more content with their lives, the more gratitude they display, are often have better biomarkers than people who are constantly chasing that next big thing, unsatisfied with what's going on and do not express gratitude. So my, one of my biggest things of gratitude right now is uh, I, I've met an amazing lady that I've partnered with. Her name is Carrie Brown. And I get to learn a lot from her. I, I get to frustrate the heck out of her because um, I'm not at her level and, and that's, you know, as far as, as a lot of things that we do behind the scenes. So, uh, I'm sure that makes her pull out some of her hair with me. Um, but she, she's been very patient, very supportive and helped me along the way. Of course, I'm, I'm grateful for my family. Um, I don't see them much anymore for the past few years, uh, cause being on the road and, uh, when I was out driving, I was out, you know, 350 days a year. I'd go home maybe uh, for a period of three or four days uh, at a time twice a year. So I, I didn't see them much. And I haven't seen them for that much for the past few years. And now we live on the other side of the, the continent. So uh, and they're in travel Cal these days is a little different than it used to be. Yeah, they're still back in the state of confusion. I mean, California and... Uh, I'm, I'm out here in Connecticut now. So, um, but those are two big things that I, I'm grateful for. And of course my health and I am grateful that I have what I consider an amazing amount of mentors, either people that I, I have read the books from or listened to podcasts, everybody that I have listened to that's helped me formulate my lifestyle to, to help me get healthier. I consider my mentors and I've now gotten to meet a lot of them that were my mentors that I, I like yourself, um, that were my mentors while I was on the road. And so, you know, people like Gary Taubes and, and Danny Vega and uh, from Let's Truck, I have Michael Rutherford and 
so many more, Ted Naiman. Um, so I, I, I've, I've gotten to meet and pick these people's brains uh, and, and some of them on more than one occasion now, which is, is just pretty amazing. Yeah, in, indeed. I, it's, it's, it's a dangerous thing to start listing people because you're going to leave some off and, and it doesn't mean anything other than memory loss on my part. Um, it is remarkable. The, the people that are willing to share and um, who have really, um, invested a lot into getting information available to us. And then some of us get to try to pass that information on to other people. Um, and part of that is sort of like, you know, you can't keep it unless you give it away kind of thing like that. Again, gratitude in action and, and just trying to make sure that more and more people hear this so that if they choose to, they can, uh, you know, try it themselves and one know that they're not going to kill themselves. And it's, it's a proven method and that there are resources to find more information about it. You don't have to trust what comes out in the food section of the local newspaper. Um, so, but back to the idea of um, what, what sorts, so if somebody um, were wondering and had the time to change, okay, maybe it's too late for the Thanksgiving menu, but we've got holidays coming up right after it. What sorts of foods would fit from the sort of typical holiday table to one that would be uh, one that you would now sit down and eat from? Well, meat. Meat is usually good go. Uh, and you know, as long as you're not covering that meat with a bunch of sugar, you know, sometimes maybe the honey baked ham may not be the best choice, but it may be the better choice. Um, I have been fortunate enough that I, you know, again, live with Carrie Brown. So she's got her keto for the holidays cookbook and she's running a class right now. So she gets to cook all this keto holiday food that I get to eat. Oh. So, uh, yeah, but maybe we'll have to put a link to that. Yeah. So, but, uh, you know, meat is always a good go-to and frankly, I get very satisfied with that. Uh, but the, uh, you know, it is the holidays and if you are going to be with family and stuff and you're going to have experience and, and you do happen to have to the temptation to go for something that may not be quote unquote keto, just one thing that you always keep in mind, the wagon is very slow, so it's easy to catch up and jump back on. Nice. I like it. So that's, um, that's my thing. But um, you can, you know, there, there are a lot of recipes out there to get your keto treats if you want to do something special for the holidays. I, I like to suggest to people, if it's, if it's a family get-together or a potluck, Talk to your family, let them know what's going on or your friends or wherever you're going and maybe make some of your own food before you go and, and make enough for other people to try. Mm -hmm. Make your own food and that way you know you got something to eat and, and say, you know, it's no, you know, it's not to insult grandma and her cookies, but it's, it's something that's important to me because right now I'm not healthy and, and, uh, 
I got too much love and cookies in my life. And, uh, and now I need a little bit less of the cookies, but I still need the love. Mm. And, and, um, so you, I, there's, there's so much that would still be appropriate. Leafy greens with butter on it. There's nothing wrong. Green beans with butter on it. There's nothing wrong. Uh, you know, green bean, or, or we, we make a, a broccoli cheesy casserole that fits. Um, like you say, there are recipes to help some of our, traditional sort of dishes can be adapted um, as well. So now you've got stuff that's already there and maybe an acceptable version for other people uh, who are used to it and maybe not on your dietary journey yet. But there's lots of ways to go around and maybe the less we make of it, the less people notice, right? If we right. don't make a big deal, maybe others won't either. And, you know, typically when I went home, when I started the keto thing, if I, if I actually happened to be home during a holiday and there was a holiday meal, I did exactly what you're, what you're talking about. But I also volunteered to cook a couple of things there to make go. sure that yeah. it, so, um, my, my family was very much not keto. So like there was very little selection that wasn't really high in carbs um, other than the meat. So, and even that sometimes was a little, you know, sketchy. Um, but yeah, you could definitely make your own things and, and go into it. And yes, the, the, the veggies is a great way to go. One of my favorites for, and I rarely get it because most of my family don't eat it. And I can make a big pot of it and bring it over and know it's all mine is collard greens. I love me some collard greens. And so, you know, I'll make some collard greens with either a smoked ham hock or turkey neck and, you know, get some nice seasoning in there and then toss some a little extra butter on top of that when I'm serving them and nobody else will touch them. So I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I do love that. And, and like you said, the broccoli and cheese is a popular dish in the house uh, or some, another good one is just to take some, some broccoli or some cauliflower or a mixture of the both toss it in some avocado oil with a little bit of melted butter in there season it up with with some nice garlic salt pepper and uh tossing a few like little minced onions and mm. some parmesan cheese and then toss that bad boy in the oven to roast and roasted cauliflower is awesome it gets a little bit of a nutty flavor. You know, even if you singe the tops on it a little bit, right there. So yeah. it's a great go. Super easy too. The, I'm, I'm discovering that the, this may not be a winning strategy for me to talk about food this time of day. It, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's all good. So um, I, I really like your um, message about the wagon doesn't move so fast that you can't catch up if you fall off. Um, and I also just to encourage people that it, it's, it's, we didn't get here overnight. And just, you know, your example is pretty profound in terms of the transition. Um, but that's still not overnight. So no. occasional bumps are okay. You're interested in the long haul, so to speak. I had them. I, you know, I'm a popcorn junkie. And uh, when I smell that 
that fresh popping popcorn going. There's times where I go, you know what? I'm going to have me a little bit of popcorn. And that usually ends up in the giant bucket at the movie theater. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, and there's, there's been those times, but there's, there's times where I know it's going to be, you know, look, I know this is going to probably stall me out for now, but I'm in it for the long haul. And if I do this once, and I don't do it, you know, I'm doing this once every six months or once every year, you know, it's not going to hurt me as bad as thing. And, and yes, I have brought my restaurant contraband bag into the movie theater mm. and put own butter on the popcorn. So, <laughs> um, mm. but you know, and there, there's been times where I've come in and, and like you said, smelt those cinnamon rolls going and went, you know what? I, I'm going to have a cinnamon roll just for once. And I usually pay the price for that yes. afterwards. Yes. And, and that, that price I pay usually turns me off of having that cinnamon roll again for a long time. But what I found too is often that smell that makes me want it wasn't as good as actually eating the thing. Like, right. like, like smell was so much better and then i ate the thing was really disappointed it was like you know what i don't want this again you know yeah. so it's like false advertising yeah it, it really is and uh so these these things are you know and, and you could be keto for a while get you know they say all oh, your sugar cravings go away all your sweet cravings if that were true there wouldn't be so many keto sweets on the market mm. And uh, so you will have that craving every once in a while. And sometimes, you know, willpower sometimes needs to be replenished with a break. Mm. They, they, there's a lot of studies out right now. There's a guy that wrote a book on willpower. I wish I could remember the title, but they, they've shown that it, it, it diminishes. The more you try to hold on to that willpower, it's like it's, if you've ever played a video game, that little life force thing that goes down, that's your willpower thing that goes down for a while. So sometimes answering that call every once in a while can help you stay on path as long as you don't let it open the, the floodgates and go, well, I screwed up yesterday. I might as well screw up today and I'll, I'll get on it tomorrow. Yeah. You know, it, if you do it, okay, I'm done and move on. Some people don't have that capability. And if you realize that you have that addictive personality that you cannot do that, then, then definitely don't. Yeah. And, and learning in, in my case, learning what sort of triggers would lead me closer to it. It's like the brain doesn't go right to where it wants to be. It figures out a circuitous route to, oh, look, I'm here. <laughs> and oh, well, as long as I'm here, right? But I mean, that was a process that starts. So if I can learn further back upstream, oh, this, I, I, I've been here before and I'm not going to go back. Um, life strategies, but those things we build by experience. And as you say, it's, it's, it is, it's a journey for hopefully the rest of our lives. Um, but what I've been impressed with is the idea of, of increasing our health span, mm -hmm. right? Not just lifespan, right? So we all get to pass at some point in this existence. 
Um, how can I be as healthy as my genes will permit me to be and the rest of my life circumstances permit me to be for as long as that's possible? Um, that's an attractive um, approach for me. And, and the other thing that I think we talked about a little bit was, uh, and especially around holidays, people can't get home, especially this year. Um, a lot of times we'll use food for more than nutrition. And right. so the, the bonding that takes place during shared meals, that's fine. The, the using it to fill emptiness in our lives, I think is probably dangerous. Yeah, I had a conversation with Jessica Reynolds, who's a phenomenal lady. Like she's she's so amazing, but she talked about that a lot. And people, food is a drug, and and that satisfaction, that endorphin release you get when you eat something that's comforting, and it's a real thing. And and you can overeat anything when you have that craving. And we we see a lot of people with trauma in their lives or high amounts of stress, overeating, even on things that you don't typically associate with overeating, but you can still overeat. And uh, the sugar cravings, because of the endorphin response that you get for the sweet things and stuff like that can be extremely high when you're stressed out, when you're lonely, and, and when you uh, are experiencing some sort of trauma in your life. Hmm. Oh, well, my brother, we're, we, we've, we've spent a lot of time here. We've covered a lot of the pasture, um, wandered around a bit and nibbled on a few daisies and whatever. Um, okay, that's enough of that. Um, <laughs> what Do you have some sort of final take-home thoughts? We want to make sure that people can find you. Uh, and I will put links in, in descriptors, but for people that are listening, maybe driving and don't have a way to jot down notes, what's the easiest way to find Yogi and Carrie Brown? Well, carriebrown.com is kind of the master control on everything. So you can go there. We do have a Facebook, a Facebook group called the Keto Kitchen with Carrie Brown and Yogi Parker. And you can come in and join the group. We mainly talk about food and things like that in there. So you can, uh, and if you do come in, you can tag us into a post and say hi. Uh, you could always, if you're on Facebook, you can, people uh, uh, do the DM message thing on me all the time. So you can do that. And that's uh, mine is... Uh, the real yogi parker.com and or not.com but the real yogi parker on facebook and then um, on uh instagram it's at the real yogi parker twitter i don't play much in that uh that grounds every once in a while i check it but like it's been like once every six months um good for you yeah I, I don't know. Twitter is not really my thing. It seems to be the place where a lot of people just want to get nasty with one another. And it's just not, the, not where I want to be. It's not the mindset I want. So uh, every once in a while I pop in and pop back out, but uh, I, I am on Instagram more regularly than I used to be. Um, we are looking some at some other platforms as well, possibly joining in. So, uh, but uh, those are the main places that you can find us. 
Well, but I understand that there's this podcast that's called what? What? What is it? Um, we do have, and you were you were so gracious to join us on there. We do have the podcast that I just started out. It's the the Fatty Joe Show, um, and it's available on all the podcast sites, and it's also on our YouTube channel, the Carrie Brown and Yogi Parker YouTube channel. So you can go there and check it out. And and we've had. Uh, alumni such as Peter Ballersted with this amazing farmy doctory dude. And we've had Gary Taubes and Nina Teichels I just interviewed today um, and several other people and also some unusual people. Like I, I interviewed this lady, uh, her name is Nancy Wind and she does a uh, yoga program and it's called Peaks and Poses where she takes people out backpacking into the mountains and then teaches yoga classes. Hmm. so nice. it's pretty cool yeah. nice outstanding so it's pretty cool so those are those are the main spots you find us um and uh we we do interact on uh facebook seems to be the the largest platform that we interact on so that's probably the biggest place to catch us okay so it's coming up on 6 p.m it must be close to to your dinner time um, I appreciate you sharing your story and your information, and I hope it's an encouragement to people who maybe aren't 600 pounds, but maybe they've been 50 pounds overweight for too long, and they've tried what they thought was supposed to work, and it didn't work, and they blame themselves. Um, you know, the doctor doesn't believe them when they tell them what they've been doing, or the trainer, or whoever they've been you know, trying to, to, to work with. And, and I hope that they'll find some information that will work for them. And for that, I'm grateful for you sharing your story with us. And I, I'm grateful for having the opportunity to come on, Peter. It's a, I, I love the fact that you started a podcast and uh, I am looking forward to binge listening as many episodes as I can this weekend when I'm out doing yard work. Excellent. And with that, Sodfather will sign off. Please, though, before too much time elapses, you will say hello to Carrie for me. I will right away. And uh, I look forward to the time where we can have an ice cream social here at Casa de Carryville in Nutmegger Forest uh, that I get to attend. Excellent. Uh, as soon as possible, it's a deal awesome. and a date. Thank you.